Michael? Yes, there he How is. <laughs> How are we doing, buddy? It's good to hear your voice. I'm doing well. Oh, it's, so, it's so much better to hear your voice than Alex's voice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Landline Podcast. I'm your professional voiceover artist that Alex couldn't afford to pay. Instead, he's asked a friend, and I'm that friend, and he's very lucky to have me. Now it's time to talk Patriots football with a dentist, a curmudgeon, and a Korean English teacher. Here we go. Landline. Aldo. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing so well. Excited for football season. It's really it's really happening. Yeah, it's upon us. I couldn't be more excited. All right, let's call Bakes. He's at the Playboy Mansion on uh, uh, Lake Michigan. Let's see what he's getting into here. Hello? Landline. Oh, hey. How's it going? Oh, not too bad. Uh, out here in, sitting out here in Wisconsin. Hold for Mike. Okay. Mike? Yes. Baker? Michael? Yes. There he How is. <laughs> How we doing, buddy? It's good to hear your voice. I'm doing well. Oh, it's, so, it's so much better to hear your voice than Alex's voice. <laughs> <I know. laughs> All right. Season three of Landline Podcast Sports, the season that Mike and Chris just do it on their own. They get some, they get some sound equipment. They cut me out of it, and they make it happen. Um, welcome, everyone. It's a pretty exciting episode. This is the third season of the original uh, landline program. My two friends who are so nice to get on the horn, talk to me about sports, and now we've got ourselves a little show. Sounds like someone's going to do some contracting during the show. It's always a good time to bang nails um, when you're uh, recording, wash dishes, drop things. People listening to podcasts love random noises in the background. It really it keeps the listenership up. Especially um, when they're coming from the other side of the world. That's it. So where are we calling in from today? I am calling in from beautiful, gray, humid downtown watertown 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 massachusetts uh main street in watertown is there any more landline address than that um <laughs> from the brown house 300 years old if you've never listened to the show before stick with us it's more than just sports and i was thinking last night you know everyone is like has to go to a museum once every eight years well, like everyone sh should have to listen to a sports talk show 10 times a year. It's a part of the American culture. It's a huge business. It's a huge group of people getting together on their car radios and their headphones at work every single day. So even those of you who aren't football fans should, 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 you know, get a little window into this world. Maybe it'll give you something to talk to at that next cocktail party. Right? So if we didn't have sports. What would we talk about? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where, so Mike set the scene for us. Where are you calling from? Uh, well, I'm, calling from Futalafu, Chile, which is in northern Patagonia. Alex, I have to correct you. You always say southern Patagonia, but it's actually northern Patagonia. Okay. It, it's a gray, cold day. Um, I'm sitting by the fire. Uh, the last time I was in the States, I brought back basically two big body bags full of Dunkin' Donuts coffee grounds. So I'm I'm enjoying a Dunkin' Donuts coffee out of my um, black dog mug as I sit next to the fire. You are such a weird masshole, Mike. You're like you like the shittiest things that New England produces, and then just take them five thousand miles away and never come back. It's like such a weird <laughs> such a weird schedule you have, Dunkin'. I know. Why Why do you like Dunkin' Donuts coffee? Can you just explain it to all the people who think it's disgusting and why it's such a successful coffee company? <laughs> it's it's like a taste of home. It It's something I 
I wake up and I start my day with something that is familiar to me, and it kind of helps get me kind of through this weird, crazy life that I have where um, uh, I don't really speak the language that well, and everyone thinks I'm kind of a weird outsider that has come to live in their town. But I love it, you know? I would I would open up a, uh, a D'Angelo's franchise if I could in Food Delivery. Oh, my God. I would get num- number nine ad hot peppers. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> if only you could brew that coffee with some Boston City tap water, you'd be all set. Oh, man. There's a, uh, there's a green algae outbreak in the Charles, so I can bottle some up and ship it down. I'm sure that's cost-effective. Um, all right, great. Well, I'm sure all our listeners think it's cute, and the Black Dog Mug is great, and uh, there you are, the the uh, 21st century expatriate living in Chile in a hut by the fire. Or what? No, it's not a hut. You you described well, your own home as a shack in previous episodes. So where are we at now? You have moved. Well, yeah. So yeah, we've moved out of the shack, which I passed by the other day and it so it was originally a shack um they converted it to an apartment for us to live in and now i passed by the other day and they've returned it to being a shack again so they're just like storing wood and stuff inside um (laughs) and so we moved out of our shitty shack to um a slightly less shitty um more spacious um house that um was actually really shitty when we moved in but we've done a lot of work and um cleaned it up we've got two fireplaces um and a lot more room than we used to which is great beautiful it'll be it'll be able to house three now right mike that's the idea that's the idea we got an extra room for the baby wow my wife just just left for um pregnant yoga at the hospital hey Yoga is really yeah. d- diversifying its portfolio, huh? It's gonna be oh, kind yeah. of hard. To, it's gonna be kind of hard to get into the downward dog when you're pregnant, isn't it? <laughs> I feel like that's how some people give birth is in the downward dog. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. Better, we're, than, a, we're, better than a bathtub. <laughs> Any way you slice it, anyway you slice it, Baker, you're never gonna do it. So I just uh, keep your, keep your comment keep your comments to yourself. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, we'll certainly get more into your um, in- incoming, in- impending infant as the season goes on. Um, but let's uh, let's get a, a ge- geographic base touch with Baker here, and then we'll get into some sports. All right. Well, I'm, I'm actually currently sitting poolside at the Grand Geneva in uh, near Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And for the last ten days, I've been uh, Margo and I have been on a, a, a tour day Wisconsin as we've been calling it. And we're actually we're on a wedding five out of six weekends in a row. So the uh, little background on the little background on the Grand Geneva it was originally opened in 1968 as the Lake Geneva Playboy Club Hotel. So th- this was all this all this property was owned by Hugh Hefner, and I guess all the the Chicago elites used to come up here and sit around and then have the bunnies run around and and uh, and then it was bought actually I didn't know this until last night but by the the bride of this weekend's wedding her father bought this property and then and then restored it all and and, uh, and now we're sitting here today but it's a beautiful piece of land out here uh, I'm looking over the golf course and having a my morning Joe with an espresso shot. And looking looking forward to catching up here. So it's just sort of it reeks of that time period in American and world history, uh, post birth control, pre AIDS with really good cocaine. That's the feeling. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of Frank Lloyd Wright inspired features, I'd say. Um, they they tried to put a ski little ski resort down there. And it, originally, when you when you like got dropped off here, I was reading earlier about the bunny tram that took you around from room to room. Whoa! So you could probably imagine what that was like. Well, nothing but. says cocaine like Frank Lloyd Wright. So with that, <laughs> I think we should uh, I think we should get into the season, you guys. We got Patriots football. We are 
officially, I would say, 35 and a half hours away from kickoff. Um, and I was just running through my mental notes in prep for the for the first pod, the preseason pod. And it's just crazy that our first season of potting was the season that the Pats won the Super Bowl. And we are now finally seeing the other shoe drop on an event that happened when I lived in Oregon, when Mike didn't have a baby on the way, when Chris wasn't engaged, when I hadn't been in business school for a year, when Chris hadn't started working, when Mike still lived in an apartment, uh, nay, shack, instead of just a a, a shitty shack. Uh, and it was, you know, I can remember the rack of ribs I smoked um, in that Baltimore comeback game in the playoffs where Edelman threw the touchdown pass to Amendola. And um, that, I feel like, was the seed that started Deflategate. And we're not going to do 45 minutes on Deflategate. But here no, we are. And Tom, Tom Brady's not playing. I was was listening to a podcast we did last year where Baker emphatically stated that he was the best athlete we're ever going to see in our lifetime, and he's uh, suspended for four games. I don't even know anybody on the team. It's going to be 105 degrees in Arizona. Luckily, they've got air conditioning. Thank God for uh, the, you know, if we ever want to know how we're going to live once global warming officially takes over, just turn to Phoenix no, no, no. If, if we're ever going to wonder how we live without Tom Brady just watch this game. It's true. So um, so there we are, the season yeah. upon us. I mean, where do you guys want to start? You want to start with how angry you are, excited? What? Where, where, where are we at here? Oh, no. You guys there? Landline. You get this shit together yet? Okay, hold on. Mike? Yes. Mike. <laughs> okay. Are we here? Yeah, we're here. Um, okay, so Mike, this, wa- Mike this why pod, don't you... This podcast is so low budget. Why don't you, <laughs> why don't you put some money into it, dickface? <laughs> um, okay, so Mike, why don't you give us your thoughts uh, about this season, just your, your general notes. If you had to write a, a, a one-page notes column on your on your preseason mindset. Give it to us, Mike. Mike, can I say make one comment real quick here? Yes, Alex. You said you said that this is what we're going to live with global warming, and my com- my comment is this is how we're going to live post Tom Brady. So oh, we oh we got it. We got it all. Oh, we're yeah, all we're gold. The only thing, the best part is right when I asked my qu- shitty question about you know, where should we start rather than telling you guys where to start? There was a long pause silence that really accentuated how bad of a hosting job I had been doing. So we're, we're, we're actually, we're in gold territory right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is like one of those slapstick comedies where people call into like a big business and the, um, the secretary keeps putting on on hold and hanging up on them. Um, well, I couldn't be more excited. Mikey likey. Uh, most importantly, this year, instead of watching the games on my tiny computer, I'll be hooking my computer up to a new flat-screen TV. Whoa! Yeah. It's obviously something we needed with the baby on the way. You know, priorities. Um, and, um, yeah, so... so uh, and I have a couch for the first time. I'm not sitting in a folding chair. It's going to be great. Um, and just to touch on the whole Brady thing, basically, I'm I I'm so excited to see these four games without Brady. I know it sucks, but it's it's really interesting. They're going to have to find new ways to win, and basically, it's well, <laughs> there's kind of a long way to go about this. There's there's uh, one of my favorite. Um, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode is called Kamikaze Bingo. Have you seen that? Uh, um, maybe. Where they play in the old folks' home? Yeah, and basically the, the premise is that Larry David, even though you know bingo is completely luck, claims that he's a really good bingo player. And <laughs> right before he, go, he sits down to play uh, Kevin Nealon in bingo, he says, which way do you want to lose? You know, 
vertical, horizontal, or diagonal. And this reminds me of that. It's like, how do the rest of the how do the rest of the league? How do you want to lose? Brady, Garoppolo. Brady can only throw with his left hand. Whatever you want, they're going to find a way to win. And I hope they do. I don't know. This weekend seems pretty tough, but I think they're going to do pretty well in this stretch. Well, the good thing is, is that this game is the least important of all four that he's out. You know, so it'll give him a chance that they could go out there and totally shit the bed. And I think that's one of the reasons why Gronkowski is not going to play this weekend. Is they got to keep him healthy and put him on the shelf and get fully fully healed up if it is in fact a hamstring injury. But you know, it's like it's an out of division game, and then they got to come back and they got to play like three home games in a row against the Dolphins and the Bills are in there. So if you're going to throw a game away, this is the one. But at the same time, they're not exactly going to game plan to lose, right? So maybe... No, absolutely not. But, like, you know, if you're going to, you know, put all your eggs in a basket, you might as well put all your eggs in the in division basket, you know? So at least they'll win the division again. They may not be, you know, they may not be, like, 13-3 and three or whatever we like. It may come down to, like, a, you know, the end of the season here. Um, but, you know, I, I, think they'll, I think overall, I love their, their young fast, talented defense. They keep making moves to, to pick up some some like uh, very versatile players along that front seven, and I think their secondary continues to like to improve, and they're going to have to really lean on that defensive side of the ball this year uh, to kind of save them, with or without Brady. I mean, I don't, I don't think that even when Brady comes back, I think they have a lot of like, you know, questionable you know, problems on that offensive side of the ball. Number one thing that we all know about, I'm sure we'll get into, is that offensive line that we've been talking about for the last two seasons. Yeah, so so a lot of players gone uh, from last year or not playing or whatever, but you know, as we go into tomorrow, Chandler Jones is going to be on the Cardinals. Uh, yeah. we've, we've got no more Keyshawn Martin, one of the favorite players of the podcast. Oh, Keyshawn? Keyshawn? Keyshawn! <laughs> Deion Lewis still out. Uh, Gronk not playing. Mayo retired. Um, yep. And who else am I missing? A b- bunch of offensive linemen who had – oh, what's-his-name got uh, cut? Uh, Br- Brian Stork. Yeah, yeah Stork's gone. Um, and so, I mean, who are we – like, Baker, can you name the starting defense? And now it's time to talk Patriots football with Chris Baker, the straight teeth maker. Well, I think it depends on, you know, I think they're going to be switching it up. But, you know, obviously the linebackers are going to be Hightower and Collins. And then you got that the new guy, Shane McClellan. And then the, I don't, the defensive line is, you know, seems pretty interchangeable. You know, they, have, they seem to be rotating people all over the place. And then obviously your Malcolm Butlers and then the Deron Harmons of the world in the safety position. McCourty. And McCourty and... They just picked up that guy, uh, uh, Mingo. Oh, it's Martavius Mingo. That's going to be a favorite for Mike, I have a feeling. Um, Mingo. But I I was reading this really interesting article about how they keep picking up these former, like, high draft choice. Like, Martavius Mingo, Martavius Mingo was like a a top ten draft choice at one point for Cleveland Browns. And he just didn't, you know, they go to these organizations and, you know, that guy's had, like, three or four different defensive coordinators in the last three years. And, like, how do you expect somebody to, you know, if you can't clearly define what their goals are or what their their roles are, then how do you expect somebody to be utilized in the proper way? And I think that's obviously what the Patriots do best. So hopefully, you know, they take one of these fourth or fifth round draft choices, they trade for these former, like, one or one or two round draft choices, they either make something of them or they don't. And then when they lose these guys, you know, I don't know if you guys know how the compensatory draft choices work, like when they lose guys in free agency. But like, you know, when they lose somebody in free like free agency, they'll get they'll get depending on how good they are, they'll get these draft choices back, and then they just keep doing it again. So it's kind of interesting that article. I can forward to see you later how they they're gambling on these guys, these like veteran players. And then they figure out, well, if we lose them, if they if they turn out to be good, great, we'll use them for a year. They've been doing it for the last three or four years. So if they, if they don't, we'll just get it. We'll get another fifth or sixth round draft choice out of it later on. So let's just open up the tent a little bit in the Ronald Reagan style to maybe some of the 
non-sports fanatic people out there. It's really interesting that the Patriots really are an incredible human resources organization like no, no one else. So I spent this summer with a small company in the Boston area helping them figure out a system for finding, hiring, and retaining good talent for a relatively low-paying job without benefits. And one of the biggest problems in America right now is how hard, how competitive it is to hire good people. And you think about what you were just talking about, how they're finding people in different organizations who they're not valuing as high, poaching them, bringing them in, trusting their own system of instruction, trusting their own system of support, evaluation, and then also they're constantly looking to shift the way they use their people. Like we've always talked about how the Patriots were the first ones to start looking at the tight end again. Um, you know, they're like, let's uh, draft this frat boy and this guy will probably murder three people and end up in jail, but we'll get five good seasons out of it. And then, <laughs> and then n- now they're starting to draft like fast, lean, defensive linemen, right? Yeah. They're, yeah. they're a little bit more like, Let's get some sort of linebacker, defensive lineman hybrids who can play a confusing style of defense where people don't know how many people they're rushing when the quarterback is dropping back. So, or, you know, are they playing run defense or what's going on here? So it's just interesting. They really are a model of how to run an organization, which is kind of, wait a second, all these people you're throwing away is a reflection of your bad management, not their bad skill. Yeah, exactly. And placing them into a place where they can succeed, and especially these guys, as you were saying, both of you, that are just uh, fed up with playing in some shitty system and being utilized in a way that doesn't um, use their skills to the best, you know, in the best way. So they come here, and it's like coming to a new company, and the boss being like, "All right." We have one specific thing for you to do. We know you can do it. Go on it and get 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 to it. You know. And then if they can't do it, they're like, "You're cut." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, get out of here. <laughs> no skin our, off our back. We gave a conditional seventh round pick for it. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Um, exactly. All right. Well, Mike, what about offense? Uh, who are you excited about on offense? I mean. You know, Edelman, Amendola, both coming off pretty, you know, moderate injuries uh, last season at one point or another. Gronk not playing. So, Deion Lewis not playing. Blunt is like 53 years old and stone. So, like, who are we looking for on offense? This weekend? I mean, the, the year it's going to be, throughout the year, I think it's going to be Brady and Gronk and trying to see if this new guy Bennett can kind of fill in that role of the second tight end that has been he missing can't. since he can't. Okay. He can't. <laughs> but well, well, we'll see. I don't know. It's interesting. Baker's but, love. Uh, B- Baker's down on Bennett. Mar- yeah, so Mar- down. Martellus Bennett, tight end from the bears, similar to what I just described. Someone who's drafted high, well-regarded, but had some, you know, personality slash whatever issues with the team. They picked him up, and Baker's already – he's already shorting Bennett. Everyone else is all hot for him. Tell us why he sucks, Bakes. I, I would just refer you back to HBO Hard Knocks from a few years ago when he was playing for the Dallas Cowboys. And just, just watch how he operates. And the other thing is when Mike and I went to – Mike, remember when we watched that in-stadium practice? Right. When yeah, we went he dropped there, a couple balls. Yeah, it was just clanging off his hands, and he did that a couple times in the preseason too. It's like you know, to put it in a catchable radius, and then you know, there's this clang. And Matt, remember, Mike, remember when we were sitting in the in the stands there? He rose back, and those assholes were like, "He can't fucking catch. He can't <laughs> fucking catch." And then that's uh, when I started. That's when I started thinking about. It. I'm like, and I was like, "No, no, I'm trying to like give the guy the benefit of the the, the uh, benefit of the what that." No way. Um, That's gold. um, And I'm like, no, like, you know, he'll be fine. And then I just kept watching and I'm like, man, those math holes were right. They really know their football. I don't, I just keep watching them. I I don't think he's going to be the the next Aaron Hernandez here. I think we'll see what he turns out to be, but 
I like AJ Derby. I think that guy's pretty sweet. You're such a racist. You don't like him because he's black <laughs> and he has tat- tattoos all over his body. You don't like that, that he's is- like into weird stuff that like is too far along the gay spectrum for you. I think that's your that problem. That is not true whatsoever. All right, that's all right. True. Um, all right, sorry, Mike. I cut you off. Who else you got on on uh, offense? Um, I don't know. You know, it's it's funny what Baker was saying about the offensive line. It that dictates so much about what they're able to do. Um, when the offensive line is clicking, everything clicks, and when things are going bad, they go bad really quickly. Um, so I think that's the 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 most important thing to watch. And they've had so many guys kind of rotating in through there. Um, and hopefully, the great thing is that Dante Skarnecchia um, is back now, and hopefully he can kind of get that group on the right page, you know? That seems to me like a little bit too much of a cliche. So Dante Skarnecchia, offensive line coach, coached up a lot of, you know, I would say, players that other people didn't see as much value in, I guess the, the theme of this podcast, but uh, he went into retirement and then the other guy, they blamed a lot of last year's problems on. So they brought him back. I just feel like at some point, maybe you need to draft better on the offensive line. We're going to see, I would say it's going to be, it'll be surprising to me if that guy, that 73 year old guy getting back after a year in Florida, like fishing and, you know, uh, pumping carbon dioxide into the atmosphere if he's going to have, a, like, a super posit- positive effect on the offensive line. But who am I? I? I mean, the fact that they cut Josh Klein, you know, a week before they left for Arizona for the first game, was that something that you were you guys were concerned about? That didn't exactly make me feel sweet about the offensive line. Well, either they know what they're doing or we're screwed. I, I, I just don't, <laughs> I don't know how. I just don't know how this this offensive line is going to be so much better than it was last year, and last year it was terrible. Um, I don't know. Maybe this, maybe some of the new guys like Thune and 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 you're right, Skarnakia can you know do work his magic. But you know, at some point you got to be like, where's the beef? You know, you got to got to have some real some real studs up on that front end to to protect Brady. Like, why did we lose last year against Denver? Why did we lose? We lost because oh. Brady. Because he got his ass kicked the entire game. Yeah, and we Brady couldn't can't stand there comfortably. Then we can't win. And we can't. We got to run the ball too. You can't like you. You cannot always be passing and expect that the defense is gonna not just know you're passing and then screw you. Like if you know the other team's passing, you can play defense against it. It's not that hard. Yeah. You know, and you watch like watch a team like I mean, obviously Dallas has a bunch of stud offensive linemen, but they just like totally maul the you know the front end of the, you know, like any quarterback they put in there is going to be successful because they have so much time to, like, operate. If Brady had that offensive line, it'd be a total joke every week. But. So, you know, it's also interesting. We Brady, for whatever reason, a combination of being smart, being experienced, being incredibly good. We've, we have gotten into this uh, pattern watching him and watching the team in the last 10 years where it just we assume he's going to – not get injured unless it's a fluke. Yeah. The only time yeah. he's got like, would it be surprising to us if Jimmy G like throws two interceptions and gets his head taken off and gets taken out for a concussion and he's not there for game three and four? You know, I mean, if you have been a fan of the Lions or the Cardinals or uh, you know the St. Louis Rams or any of these teams that are you know always seven and nine and always drafting quarterbacks. You the Cowboys. Look at the Cowboys. Tony Romo has played, you know, what seems like six football games in the last three years. And, and yeah. so, sure, Peyton Manning never really got hurt, other than his like HGH situation. Um, Drew Brees doesn't get hurt. Aaron Rodgers because they're smart, they get rid of the ball. But Jimmy G's gonna try to prove something. The Arizona defense is gonna be all hopped up on amphetamines or whatever they have going in Phoenix. And uh, I feel like injury is not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I don't think it's any. The other thing is, too, Garoppolo, obviously, like you're saying, he obviously tries to, he runs, or he's a different style than Brady was, Brady is. So 
you know, like the offensive line is going to be blocking different. He's going to be trying to extend plays a little bit longer. He doesn't have the same same vision that Brady has of getting rid of the football. So you're right. You know, something might happen to him. And then what? It, then it's Jacoby Brissett time. You know, and it's like, uh oh. But watching him in the in the preseason, I thought I thought Jacoby Brissett is actually probably going to be a better backup quarterback long term than Jimmy Garoppolo. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I think he's a good-looking quarterback. He's got a great arm, stands tall. I mean, I don't know shit about football half the time, but, it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just for the eye test. You know, if you watch those guys, you know, the, the way they performed over the preseason games, I thought Jacoby Bissett was a great quarterback. Well, it's a little bit like we are living on Madison Avenue, Upper East Side. We go to like white tablecloth dinners and drive around in cabs. And for, you know, one weekend, we're going to go down to the village and like wear jeans and T-shirts and get drunk in a dirty bar with cans of PBR and shots of shitty whiskey, maybe have an affair with a college girl. I mean, it sounds pretty nice, but then we get to go back to our penthouse apartment and in week five. Like, if, pa- if Patriots fans are the fans that all the other NFL team hates, like, if we are the spoiled New England bitches that have, are in every Super Bowl or seemingly every other Super Bowl and ruin football for so many people, then what we're going to get to do is have a really fun time with a whole new offense for four weeks, and then we'll just go back to being, like, eight-yard slashing you know, short white receivers all the way to the Super Bowl. And that would really stick a stake in the heart of all the other football fans out there, and that's what I'm hoping for. Right, and that's exactly what I want. you got to embrace it, you know? just It's like taking a vacation, you know? It's going to be great. I can't wait. Mikey likes it. Yeah, unless it goes horribly wrong, they're 0-4, and Garoppolo, like, tears his ACL. But hopefully... Yeah, that's like getting diarrhea on your vacation. Yeah. (laughs) That's like... It's like getting arrested and getting caught with the uh, college girl. Your wife kicking you. It's like Bernie. It's like, it's like, go, it's like going to the Rio Olympics and coming back and shitting his pants and passing out at a wedding. Gabe. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> my God. Okay, so um, just zooming out a little bit here. Uh, so it looks like we're playing the NFC West as one of our other divisions, and then we're also playing the AFC North. So that means... Uh, non-division games with teams like the Browns, Bengals, Steelers. There's some; uh, those are always grind them out. Don't get injured. Tough schedule. Yeah, and then you got Seattle at home. That's going to be a great game. Baker, I got dibs on tickets there. If your brother doesn't want to go, and then we okay. got we got uh, at San Francisco. We should win that game. Brady will be fired up for that. Um, oh yeah. Home versus the Rams, Mike. You think the Rams are going to really stink after watching Hard Knocks? Oh my God! I hate them so much. I hate I hate Jeff Fisher. They're going nine and seven. Uh, he, he spent the entire first episode talking about how this team will not go nine and seven, and so that's <laughs> I guarantee that team's going to go at best nine and seven, probably seven and nine. Ugh, can't wait. <laughs> um, can we just not? Can we stop playing in Denver? Can we just petition? Can we put around a petition? Like. Yeah. You know, okay, like the worst – for Patriots fans, the worst possible thing happened at the end of last season. Stupid Peyton Manning, who we thought was never going to win another Super Bowl, ruined his shoulder, such a little bitch, then leaves the Colts. So remember, we, we, don't, we didn't even care about the Broncos really before that. It was just like a bunch of donkey fans and mile-high shit. Are you there, Baker? Shit. Mike? Get it together, Gringo. <laughs> Come on, it's not that bad. At least I've re- I've been rec- all this is saved. I mean, that's like a huge accomplishment. All right. Yeah, that's a step forward. <laughs> all right. So, just a quick reset. We are playing in Denver. 425 game as of now. I think we can all assume that's going to get flexed. 425 Sunday. Uh, December 18th, the week before Christmas at Denver. And I was just saying I'm so sick of playing in Denver. I'm so sick of the hype. And it all stems back from the fact that we thought when Peyton Manning got hurt and started, you know, sucking for the Colts, then when he got replaced by Andrew Luck, we are never going to have to hear from him again. There was no chance after we saw him play those first few games for Denver. I mean, I guess he had that first incredible year. 
excuse me, let me correct myself. Once he got blown out in that Super Bowl by Seattle, we were we were convinced that he was dead. We were never going to have to hear from him again. He didn't have it. The only thing he could do is man- manage a regular season offense. The only thing he could do is put up good good stats, but you know, he couldn't be relied on in the clutch. And then somehow, some way, he beats us in Denver last year and then retires uh, winning the Super Bowl. It's like, I'm done with it. I want to pass a petition around to New England fans. And we, you know what? We bow down before you, Denver. We hate your guts. You're not as good of us as us, but we won't tell you about it. We'll just lie and tell you, fine, you beat us. And then never play there again. Why do we have to go back there? The NFL, it's ratings, man. You know? Every so year. Fun. Every year, yeah, they're they're, uh, they're, so they're, manufa- they're manufacturing like a, a rivalry when they do this stuff. So annoying, and this whole Peyton Manning, whole Peyton Manning finish last year was just like, oh, like mini vomit in my mouth. Awful. It's kind of like it kind of reminds me of like Hillary Clinton this year winning the Democratic uh, nominee. It's like, you know, she's a little bit sick, and she's like, you know, you know, she's gonna win. The whole thing's rigged. Gross. Yes, yes, our resident conservative conspiracy theorist. I can't wait. Can you believe by the end of this podcast season there will be a new tr- a new president? Oh, oh my god! Well, um, I I guess my point is, you know, it's a no win situation for us. We're going to be making a playoff run. They're going to be like f- hovering around five hundred. Their defense is going to be all charged up to rip Brady's head off. It's like, I don't like that game. I don't like that game in Denver one bit. I don't either, but that's why we need a friggin' offensive line. You know, it's like, let's beef these boys up. Let's get going here. You know, it's, it's so frustrating that, that we have the same problem over and over again, and it's never addressed. All right, well, let's talk about tomorrow. What's everyone's plan for the game? You know, uh, we're it's time to go. Any any new new season resolutions? What's the setup looking like? Chris, are you traveling? Mike, you got a new TV. You got a couch. What are you going to make? Are you going to make some chicken chimichangas? Tell us what's going on. <laughs> um, well, uh, tomorrow my um, wife's uncle is coming to visit us from Argentina, who's like this really, he's like 70 years old, and he's just this grumpy old guy who basically um, ran away from his family because he couldn't stand them anymore and moved to Argentina and didn't talk to them for 20 years. And is that, um, a, is, that a, does, is that a story you resonate with? Oh, my God. I love we We're like best friends. I love him so much. And he, what he does is he comes, he comes back to Chile and he says he's going to stay, you know, for like a month or so. And after a week, he hates everybody again. And he just goes back to Argentina. But he <laughs> loves Rocio and I. So he's going to be here tomorrow night with his buddy. And they're great. Um, and Rocio is making these things called Milkau, which is basically, it's really hard to explain, but it's basically like a deep fried hash brown with pork rinds in it that are just so phenomenally good. So she's making those. Um, I think we're going to have a couple people over because we have more than three seats in our house now, and uh, it should be a good time. Oh, and tomorrow, this is the best thing. So tomorrow I switched, instead of working on Monday, I switched all my classes to tomorrow morning. So I work tomorrow morning. Yeah, I work tomorrow morning, and then I have Monday. Oh, so it's going to be perfect. Escudo time. Escudo. So for for uh, all you listeners chiming in or you know listening to Landline for the first time, Landline Sports, Mike teaches Koreans in Korea English over the internet for a company called Carl's English Service. What's it called? <laughs> English Allowed. Yeah. I mean, I live in Patagonia and I teach Koreans. I think it's pretty self-explanatory we don't need to get into with a teacher who lives in patagonia and teaches english to korean kids all right sorry um so wait can you just can we just circle back quick for this deep fried hash brown pork rind event it's called mil cow how do you say it uh mil cow m-i-l-c-a-o mil cow and Um, are we doing sauces are we doing like south american ketchup on there what do we put on there No, no no they're so greasy and the pork is so good inside that you don't need to put anything on them. Um, 
And it's a so basically, my wife's mother is from Chile, which is this big island in um, in Chile, um, where basically they actually think that that's where potatoes come from originally. Mm. Um, and so it's it's this weird. It's an island where um, they love potatoes and they have a huge alcohol problem. So it's basically like the South American version of Ireland. Um, and, uh, wow. it makes you feel right at home. Yeah, right. Exactly. And this is like their delicacy. This is like what they're famous for. And I, uh, it's really hard to make them. It's like a really long process actually. So, um, you, it's something that you don't do very often. So I'm, I'm really excited for it. And we're a hundred, we're a hundred percent sure your cable hookup or whatever it is, your feed is not going to fuck up. You've tested it during the pregame. Yeah. 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 It's, I, so we have the TV, but we don't have cable or antenna anything. So I just hook my computer up to it. So it's, it's the same thing as as watching um, watching on my computer, which every year for the past, uh, I don't know, five years, I've bought the online international package for 200 bucks or something like that. And I get every single NFL game that I, I can watch. It's awesome. Um, and Bernie Sanders hooked you guys up with some uh, high-speed Wi-Fi down in Chile when he was down yeah. there for some sort of communist retreat, or what happened? Yeah, for, yeah, for free, for free, everything's free. <laughs> no, it's, um, I mean, they have about, it's so crazy. Uh, in my town, I think about seven years ago, there was no internet. There was nothing. And since that time, you know, it's gone through... Like the slow modem it was like the first, and like one place in town had it, and now basically everybody has high speed fiber optic cable internet, and it's it's incredible. I have I have the best internet, like I have better internet here than I do back in um, at my parents' house. That's American monopoly. That's wow. that's your pseudo capitalist system working against you because Verizon and uh, Time Warner have no incentive to have faster internet because the government allows them to just get j- such a giant market share. But that's for another podcast. All right, Chris, what's your plan? You're going to uh, get get a couple of BJs at the uh, the mansion there in Lake Wa- Lake Waukesha and then uh, fly home? What's the plan? Well, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Margo's uh, deeply involved in this wedding. She's one of, she's the one of the bridesmaids. This is uh, following last weekend where she was the maid of honor. And did a wow. did a did an amazing job on her speech last week. Got some hearty laughs, which you know traditionally the maid of honor speeches are the worst. So you know she, we so I'll just lay out the schedule for you. The, the deep fried pork pork rinds or whatever Mike was talking about could pair really nicely with my steady diet of deep fried cheese curds and roadside beef sticks in Wisconsin for oh. the last ten days. But uh. Margo and I flew into Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota last week, and then we drove uh, three and a half or four hours north up to uh, Minocqua, Wisconsin, where she was uh, born and raised, and and then like spent our first wedding weekend uh, binge drinking and and eating deep fried cheese curds. Uh, there's a great beer out here called the Spotted Cow, which would probably pair nicely with the Milk Cow or whatever Mike was talking about there. Yeah, Milk Cow. Uh, <laughs> and then. Uh, and then, and then once that wedding was over, that was fun. We went up to uh, Duluth and uh, Minnesota, and Superior, Wisconsin, to meet some of the family, um, and, and just kind of catch up a little bit there. And then we, then we took a road trip over to uh, Ashland, Wisconsin, which is uh, the famous ore docks, where they, it's right on the shores of Lake Superior, and. Um, and Mar- Margo's, all of Margo's, like basically extended family on that side, have like not moved from a, a like a four block radius of those neighborhoods up there. So that's kind of funny. Uh, and then, so my first time meeting meeting them all was uh, a few nights ago. And of course, I I had my fantasy football draft scheduled for the exact same time as the party. So I didn't wasn't a very good look while I was up there scanning my, like, I couldn't get off my cell phone because I'm in the Broush League with my brother, and it gets very intense with the fantasy football, so I'm meeting all of Margot's family for the first time uh, while on my cell phone trying to execute, like, the perfect draft, 
and that lasted about 15 minutes until Margot basically like made me shut my phone off and stop, you know, like ignoring everyone at the party. Not uh, a great time, but so we're back here. We're down. Then we came down to uh, the Playboy Mansion here. We're gonna spend the the rest of this wedding weekend here. I'm gonna wake up tomorrow, uh, hopefully fresh, uh, ready to return uh, back to Boston. And I don't know where you're watching the game tomorrow. Are you watching it in Hanover? No, we might watch it here, and I actually might have uh, Big Sean McMahon and me, helicopter skier guide extraordinaire at the Brown House. So should we turn it into a barbecue, season opening barbecue? My white trash neighbors are going to be going ape shit. Fired up. Those yeah. guys are oh, awesome. Yeah, and Mike, they cornered me. Bob cornered me in the yard this summer in one of the three or four times we talked. He likes to approach me after, you know, like four and a half Bud Lights in. Uh, <laughs> you got to come over and watch a game with us this year. So uh, so I think I might get roped into a game over there, which would be excellent podcast. Um, yeah. yeah. Now you should, well, you you should wear well, a wire and, and record the whole thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> they are so fired up. Um, you know, well, Alex, it, you, you have my car, so, you know, it might be perfect. We, we land at like 630, so it might be perfect timing to go right up to your house. It's also Margo's birthday tomorrow. Holy shit. That's a lot on the docket. Um, yeah. All right. Well, so in that case, I guess I'll have to put together a menu we can talk about. But uh, the, it's the bounty of the season right now, so there's just so many good uh, fresh veggie options up here. I made a succotash last night with zucchini and lima beans that I shelled, um, corn on the cob, some delicious chopped salads getting served at lunch. So uh, we really, we really need some green, some fiber. After ten days in the Midwest, I just like I can't, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I yeah. gotta like get back. I got back on the regular schedule. I gotta start working out. I, enough, enough of the spotted cows, you know. Gotta get back into it. Yeah, you might, life. you might be white if you have six weddings in a row. Maybe I, maybe I'll become world famous by starting a "You Might Be White" tour, like Jeff Foxworthy had a "You Might Be a Redneck." Maybe you might be white if you're going to six weddings in a row, my friend. Oh no, you guys gone again? Landline. Shit. Waukesha. Okay, one sec. All right, we're all here. All right, where are we at? Hey. All right, so basically, Baker, I'm going to serve you some lean protein and fresh vegetables tomorrow night for uh, dinner, if that's the way it all it all goes down. And uh, that'd be, that'd be we'll, perfect. we'll open the season together. Um, that'd be, that'd be, I, can't, I can't imagine a better way of doing it. So we're going to have two, we're going to have a couple reoccurring segments on uh, this season's podcast, one of which is going to be a wedding uh, to a driven topic that Chris is going to be in charge of, and we're going to skip that for today. But Chris is getting married; he's got a date, um, and actually, both of our segments are related to that. Uh, Mike, uh, we want Mike to come to the wedding. Chris, we officially is Mike invited? Have you guys uh, put Mike on the list? I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> reluctantly. Mostly we want Rocio there, but I guess we'll take Mike <laughs> instead. So Mike's going to have one and a half. Mike's gonna have a new baby. He's like Mike. What's your what does your July eighth look like right now? Well, the baby's due in February, so um, no conflict you know, there. Where? What's that? No conflict there. Once it pops out, you really have no responsibility. Yeah, that's pretty much I'm done, right? Yeah. Um, so we'll have a new baby, and well, basically the thing is, is that um, we have another friend um, who's getting married in. Uh, September, who asked me to be in the wedding, um, and so I basically I have to be at that wedding. Um, and well, my, well Mike, I what really if I was going to ask you? I was going to ask oh, you to be God. in my wedding, so now you have to come to mine. No, how he, that works? He wants you so bad, badly to not do that. He really just <laughs> wants you to not not do that. Well, I'm I'm going to try to find a way somehow to get there, but well, we've got a way. We've got a way. Yeah. Can you can you set it up, Alex? Sure. So you, you, yeah. so we're gonna do a season long in in you know in the vein of all the other sports radio shows that we think we're better than, but also need to try to emulate and are one million listeners behind on. We're gonna have a little gambling segment here where uh, Chris, Mike, and I are all gonna pull. I would say a hundred dollars each. Is that what we're in for? Oh, I thought That's it was a... just me. 
No, I think I think. Oh no. Chris and I want some skin in the game. I think we each want a third because we all want you at the wedding. And then instead of seeing that we have $300 and that's a really good start for a $900 plane ticket and just putting $300 in twice more over the course of the season, we're going to gamble with that $300 and we're going to try to win money for Mike to buy a plane ticket. So we're going to try to triple our money and we're going to pick – I mean we haven't figured it out, but what do we think? We pick four NFL games each week. We pick three. I think one – you know, a little business school point of view on it, um, and you should listen to me because I'm $100,000 in debt, so that means I really know what I'm talking about when it comes to money management. I got got that beat, but go ahead. Um, So I think we should have a diversified portfolio every week. We shouldn't be trying to, like, double our money. We should just try to, you know, raise our portfolio 5 to 10% every single week. So... Um, if we do, you know, 16 weeks of 5%, let's see what that is. We got, we're going to have 300 bucks as our present value. I got my financial calculator out here, 10% interest. We got 16 weeks. We're not putting any money in. So we'd have $1,378 if we can raise our portfolio 10% a week in 16 weeks. So that's a, that's enough for a plane ticket and maybe a half a one for Rocio and the baby can go on the lap. So, right. uh, um, so Mike, have you investigated the websites I sent you? Do we know where we're going to illegally offshore gamble? Um, I haven't decided which one yet, um, but the I, I think it's interesting what you were saying. Are we going to do straight, um, you know, betting on a game with a spread or? Over under, I, I I hate gambling, and I hate having any like having to watch any other having skin in any other game basically. So um, I'm I'm leaving the, the the picks up to you guys. I'll have my input, but I really need your help in this. Well, that and that's why the bit's going to be so great is that you hate gambling, I suck at yep. gambling, and uh, Baker always thinks it's a bad idea once he starts doing it. So yeah, exactly. I, I think we're really going to be onto something once we've <laughs> once we've lost half our money in week three. We are really going to have some good pod. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you know we should pick a handful. We don't need to bore people. I think we'll pick a handful by text this weekend before the games if we can put our money in, um, and then I think we will you know each week have a quick ten minute segment discussing it, but. I think one thing we should do is we should always bet on the Patriots to beat the spread. Because the thing is, if we can pick on teams, like let's say the Patriots go 10-6 and six against the spread this season, then we've won money, right? So we need to just stick with our bet and win money. If we start trying to pick and choose each week based on what happened the last week, we're really just like, you know, it's a lottery ticket. It's like, did we choose right when the thing happened? I think we need to come up with a system that we like and stick with the system. That's how you incrementally increase your portfolio. So, you know, we pick a couple teams we we think are going to lose every week. We pick a couple teams we think are going to win every week. We pick a couple teams we know uh, score a lot of points, and we bet on the over-under. And, you know, we listen to Bill Simmons and act like he has some influence over us. So yeah. um, I think that's where we go with that. But it sounds like a fun segment to me. How are you, Baker, how do you feel about it? I feel great about the segment of gambling and raising money. I just like I'm so sick of weddings that I don't even want to think about my own. You know, I'd rather I, I just want to go alone. I just want to go elope in Chile and call it a day. Like all, you know, all of it, like you know, the planning and the, the just all this nonsense that goes into the wedding scene these days. Like just so like oh so. All right, so if you know. let's do a power ranking most annoying thing. Uh, about weddings right now, just number one. What's who's number one on the power ranking? It's the it's the it's early on, but what are you most annoyed about by weddings right now? What am I most annoyed about right now? Yeah, like is it the speeches? Is it the music? Is it like talking to people you don't like? Is it the hors d'oeuvres? Is it the like mud you're blowing on Sunday mornings after drinking for forty eight straight hours? Like, what's number one in the power ranking right now? I mean, the mud, the mud you're blowing after drinking and cheese curds for a solid 10, 10 days is, is pretty brutal. Um, but, I, you know, yeah, I would say it's like, the, it's like you're always on the stage. You know, you have to 
talk to everybody and be up. And then, you know, of course, when it's, you go from eating, like, you know, sometimes, like, pretty shitty food to, like, right to the dance floor. It's like, you know, and then when everything's, like, over manicured, like, it's because it has that wedding feel. Like, you have to check all the certain boxes to, like, have this wedding production. It's just, it's like, it doesn't feel organic anymore. It feels like, you know, like, you have to do certain things at a wedding in order for it to be a wedding. That's what bothers me the most. You know what I mean? Well, that's the kind of thing that Mike can look forward to at Chris's wedding on July 8th, 2017. <laughs> and that's why we're going to gamble our money so that Mike can get there and complain about it and smoke Parliament lights. Uh, oh, I can't wait. And I think we know just because we have an, we're not completely organized on this now, but we know we're going to be betting on the Patriots and we know Mike hates the Rams. And I think maybe picking two winners, two losers every week is a good way to go about it. Because rooting against teams to win is something we can all get behind. Um, yeah. Or excuse me, to lose. Sorry, I blew that one yeah, major point. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, before we wrap up here, predictions for the game. At Arizona, Chandler Jones, first game against the Patriots. Jimmy Garoppolo, first game for the Patriots. A lot of people picking the Patriots to lose. The point spread is up, I think, around six or something like that. Um, yeah. So where are we at? Mike, what's your prediction? Well, first of all, the, the whole thing about the spread and betting on the Patriots, the thing I like about it is what if the Patriots lose by four? Am I happy then because they lost by four and we um, beat the spread? Or that's No, no, but we're – no, you're not happy. I think you have to separate your gambling. Your gambling is like your work, and the Patriots are like your vacation. So it's like we're not we're not going to get over emotional about it. We're just going to try to build the pot. We're going to try to have three hundred and fifty bucks after the first week, four hundred and twenty five after the second week. I mean, it's never going to happen like that. But if we're <laughs> if we're betting on the Patriots to beat the spread, then we're either always rooting them for them to win because they're rarely an underdog, or if they lose, we have a little bit of silver lining about the spread. But we don't want to – I mean, it's a way – we want to bet on the Patriots because it's a stupid thing to do. You never want to gamble on your own team, and we definitely want to do the stupidest thing possible. I mean, my 100 bucks <laughs> is my hundred bucks is coming from my student loan money that I'm getting next week. So, I mean, we're going to go full dirtbag, full awesome. illegal – Full shitty gamblers. That's the only way Landline likes to gamble. And uh, we're going to bet on our favorite team. And then, no, I mean, you're rooting for your team to win above all else. You don't need to get all wrapped up in it. And, uh, you know, you should just embrace that same gene in you that uh, likes to smoke the occasional giant joint, likes 15 escudos on game day. That same gene loves gambling. So just embrace it. Yeah. Well, I was, I was just going to say... That I'm probably going to be about 15 escudos deep by the time the game's over. So win or lose, I probably won't care that much. But I think they're going to win. I'm, I'm saying right now, I think they're going to win this weekend. Baker, wow. um, I'm not convinced they're going to win this weekend. But I'll, I will say this about the the gambling on the team on the Patriots. I've done this before. In fact, I've done it before uh, with my my own personal student loan money it was five hundred dollars at the time when i was in dental school wow uh they lost and i lost and at the end of the day it was more like fifteen hundred dollars because by the time you pay back the government at 7.8 percent you're really screwed up so it's a it's an awful experience i it's impossible for me to separate my love for the patriots and then on top of that the the amount of you know the money that goes in involved with gambling and i promised myself i would never do it again all right especially especially after i went to the bar on sunday night because when i when i joined this gambling website they gave me any amount of money that i put down so i put down five hundred dollars they gave me five hundred dollars free to gamble with like later on so i i you know, took that money and I was like, well, I'll probably win my money back in this game. And I went to this bar on a Sunday night and I watched this loser guy sit by himself who probably just gambled away his children's home or college you know, college education, <laughs> screaming and yelling by himself on a Sunday night. And I looked at that guy and really took a stock in what I was doing with myself and said, I won't do it again. But this is a different scenario. This is for Mike coming to my, my wedding, of course. So, you know, I'm all in. I'm in. I'm in on the Patriots. 
uh, to beat the spread, but to lose the Arizona Cardinals. Chris Baker, the orthodonture maker. Instead, we could just buy a stock, and we could buy and sell a stock every week because that's how the rest of America gambles. And we could try to build our portfolio jumping from, like, tech to oil to, like, manufacturing companies that make lawnmowers, and we could do an update on that. I mean, what's the difference? That could be fun. I just don't think uh, we have as much volatility as we'd like. I don't know if we're going to get a 10% return over 16 weeks. Let's right. just stick with it. Let's stick with this until we either make the money. We have to have a cutoff point, though. We can't keep going all week or all season. We'll lose it all eventually. Well, no, so, we got to. Nine hundred bucks. Yeah, we got we got to make nine hundred. We got to make nine hundred bucks, and I think spread once, spreading once it around. Spreading it around to to three bets, if or four bets, you're just trying to go three and one. That's all you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah and once we once we hit that threshold, we take that money and we put it aside, and that's going to be Mike's ticket. And then anything after that is gravy. We can put into new microphones and fucking equipment for this stupid show that so it doesn't keep cutting out. <laughs> Landline. All right. On that note, I think that the Patriots might win tomorrow night. I think that they are going to have some annoying gadget offense that the Arizona defense isn't used to. Yes, I think the Arizona defense is going to be fast and hungry in the first quarter. Yes, I think Garoppolo is going to uh, get sacked a few times, get rattled, throw an interception in the first half. But I don't think that New England keeps anybody around for three years and has them in their system if he's not a good player. They would have traded him for a draft pick. They would have gotten somebody else. And, you know, I think there are some people, it's like, sorry to say everyone else, but every single year, the Keyshawn Martins, the Brandon LaFells, the Jabbar Gaffneys, some no-name journeyman receiver catches an 80-yard bomb for the Patriots. And Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's got a nice deep ball. He's got a good arm. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe the defense is just going to disrupt and – Hey, Carson Palmer, like, go fuck yourself. What have you ever done with your life? You're a uh, no, deadbeat L.A. bum who, you know, gets hurt every single year after 10 games after throwing fantasy numbers that everyone gets hurt about. Well, I don't play fantasy. I don't give a shit about fantasy, and I hate your guts, so I hope you die but, in hell, Carson Palmer. That's the key. That's the key to the game. It's going to be turnovers. If the Patriots defense can get multiple turnovers tomorrow off of Carson Palmer, uh, they'll win the game. That's, that's my my prediction. Sticking to it. Um, I will say this though: it's going to be tough to win. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily think that Jimmy Garoppolo is a bad quarterback. I think he'll do just fine. The problem is that Gronk isn't playing as of right now. The Gronk hurts. The the scene. You know. Hopefully those the other Gronk hurts. The, the Gronk, Gronk hurts. <laughs> okay, uh, Mike. You are up in the uh, wins pool amongst our friends. You're on the clock. Um, are you, you, have you been getting all these emails? Uh, I, did you send more today? I just, I haven't checked my email today. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm, I'm in. You're up and you're up, you're up and you've got a list in your email address of who's available. Everyone's waiting for you. Um, Baker, terrible pick with, uh, the Texans. I don't know why you picked them. Um, uh, you'll see, you'll see. And, uh, great pod, you guys. Uh, so thanks for listening guys every week. Landline podcast on sports with Chris and Mike in northern Patagonia, in Hanover, New Hampshire, and around the world at the Playboy Mansion in Watertown, Mass. Uh, Chris is going to go to some games. He'll be at Brady's comeback game. We've got that. Oh, yeah. That's we've got that uh, hotel room phoner to look forward to. Mike Summer is about to start. He's just going into his summertime. It's spring there. Remember, I can't he, wait for fall. I can't wait for fall. It's going to be a beautiful fall here. We're going to gamble on Mike coming to the wedding, and we are going to do our best to entertain you. So thanks for listening. Thanks for potting, guys. Great show. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Any parting shots? No. Nope. Love you guys. Okay. So good to talk good. to you. You too, boy. All right. And uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be in touch online on the Internet. So thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you again soon. That's it for Landline. Thanks so much for listening to Landline Podcast. Landline is hosted, written, and produced by Alex McKay. Music by the Pitchfork Revolution out of Bend, Oregon. 
Find other episodes of Landline on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TalkForALiving.com. Call the Landline at 617-744-1895. Email the show at LandlinePodcast at gmail.com. The best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend. You're listening to Landline. Main menu. To listen to your messages, press 1. First voice message sent Thursday, July 7th. Okay, look, Alex. I want you to be proud of the fact that we're beating this, this guy, this, this person, this fellow, Giles. Giles, is, if he's real or not. We're beating him on the basis of good old-fashioned quality. We're not doing any slick advertising. We're not putting our stuff up on Facebook. We're not Twitter shooting the universe, social media. We're beating this guy on marriage, meritocracy, what our country was built around. And I want you to be proud of that, and I want your eyes to be open to that, and I want me to be proud of that, and I want my eyes to be aware of that, which they obviously are. We're doing this the way Landline is supposed to be done. And every hit that we get above Giles as we pass him and then grind him into the ground is one that we should be proud of and value for the fact that it's so goddamn different. We're doing it the old-fashioned way. We're doing it the right way. We're doing it the way that the show is premised around. We're not taking shortcuts. We're not being slick, Willie. What we're doing is building an audience and an awareness and making people understand how truly brilliant and funny we are without any hocus-pocus. So I'm proud of us. Tonight, when I say my prayers before sleep, I'm going to specifically put in the fact that I'm proud of us. I hope that you do as well because I think it's a point worth making to whoever's up there listening. We're doing this on our own. We don't have help. We don't have assistance. It's us. It's fundamentally about us and the quality of our work. Have a good night, Alex. I will. End of message. You're listening to Landline.